Before we officially start this podcast, I want to remind everyone that the IB Sports podcast feed is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Please be sure to subscribe to be notified of all new podcasts from the IB Network. We would also appreciate it if you would rate and review it while you're there. Finally, you can follow IB Sports on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. The Facebook group does have a premium membership that allows you to post without being approved by an admin. You can be commissioner for a day, receive free gambling picks, and a whole lot more. And uh, with that, we are back with another edition of the Team Turnbuckle podcast, IB Sports Wrestling podcast. We have two-thirds of our crew today. Uh, I'm hoping that Ravishing Ron L. Tinsley will get to call in at some point, but until then, it's Chief Keith Fleming and the shooter Sam Howe. We're basically Xavier and uh, Kofi at this point, you know? We are. I was also going to say that with the Chief, that uh, it's Roman for you and then Jay with me, and we're missing Jimmy. <laughs> but I appreciate it. I'll, I'll take either comparison. Uh, yeah, me too. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if I can really compare somebody that's 140 pounds soaking wet to Roman Reigns, but hey, whatever, man. It's, I got the name that rhymes with Chief. So uh, it was a good week of wrestling uh, for those that for some reason, it's the first time you listen to this podcast. We do the Superlatives of the Week for wrestling. That's from the four shows, NXT, AEW, uh, obviously SmackDown and Raw. But I did want to start off, and we're not going to go over the entire card because I looked, they got, I think, like 10 matches already listed. But AEW Full Gear is this Sunday, Saturday. I forget Saturday. they do I forget they do Saturdays. I... I got to admit, I think this is the best card I've seen AEW have yet. Don't you think? Yes, it is certainly the one. Yes. Um, so there's five matches I want to go over. Apologies to anybody who is offended that we didn't go over some of these other matches on here, but this is just what I feel are the five biggest. Um, let's start with the championship match. We got Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in an I quit match for the AEW world title. Um, I've been really impressed with this really entire thing. Oh, there he is. And just like that, Ron L. Tinsley, did you make an appearance? Maybe not. He's there. Uh, uh, he'll, he'll be there. But the John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston, I quit AEW world title match. They had an unbelievable segment just uh this last wednesday or yesterday god these days yesterday <laughs> on the dynamite show and I, at first i couldn't believe that eddie kingston was the person that won the title shot when they did that i guess it was about a month ago i wasn't interested in this match they've made me interested i think that's one thing that is pretty cool about this card is there's several different matches that there's a lot of history there that if you don't kind of do some research and stuff uh you know obviously they brought attention to this they brought a little bit to the ftr young bucks omega and page obviously is about five years in the making but this was the match i was least interested in and i'm getting more and more interested in it before you kind of tell me what you think about this match and who you think is going to win to me the most interesting question about it is there any chance that this main events 
Yes. I why don't let me turn that on you. Why wouldn't it? But who what, what do you think would main event? Oh, I, I to me you would either have uh, Omega versus Page, which it's been the biggest storyline they've had in AEW since they began, or it would be. Uh, I mean, you can make it. Hell, you can make an argument for MJF Jericho. You can make an argument for the tag titles. Uh, I mean, I just I could definitely see that. I would think that they're going to probably. I don't know. I guess maybe they would. It, it it depends on your booking situation. If you're asking me, is this the best match on the card? No. No. Uh, I w- it, yeah, go ahead. But sorry. The so let me. Yeah. I mean the 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 only match that I could see being above it is the uh, tag title match, and even then, I think it's likely that this is the main event. I would go ninety percent. Yeah. Let me go 70% that it's the main event. 30% that we have uh, 30% that we have the tag match. Um, I don't know. I'm almost of the I'm almost of the the mind frame and I'm sorry that I'm just kind of cutting in. Hey man, um, you're ravishing on El Tinsley. You can do whatever you want, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, sorry about that. But um, no, honestly, uh, of that card, I'd, um, I'd probably be about at the 60-70% myself because I don't feel that the Moxley is actually the, the go-home match unless they're uh, planning like some extreme brutality in this. And, and that's what I think it's going to have to be. I mean, that's why I'm going with it is that I think that the likelihood, I mean, and, and this is going to piggyback, we haven't talked about Omega page yet, but I think Omega's winning. I think that you do Omega coming out and, you know, beating the crap out of Moxley and holding up the title. I have a hard time with not having the title match be the last match on the card. I'm kind of, I know that that's kind of an old school sentiment, but it, that, unless you want to do the tag match and the tag match, because tag team wrestling is such a big part of AEW and something that really sets them apart. So real quickly, and then I'm going to get to Ron out. Who do, who do you have winning? Uh, Moxley and pretty easily. Uh, well, not pretty easily, but I would be shocked if Moxley loses this. And you, yeah, so, you don't get the Omega versus Moxley or Hangman. I mean, it's not a hundred percent, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a hundred percent. And what I will say is that what this match has the potential to do is I don't think in the immortal, I just sung, I've heard on different podcasts, but uh, I don't know if this will get a win for Kingston, but I think it'll get him over. That's what he can, he, he might not get the win, but he'll get over. Hopefully that's the best he can get from this match. And right now who you got one in it. Yeah. Pretty so, uh, sold on Moxley. Uh, I have a hard time uh, really believing that Eddie Kingston will be the one who uh, dethrones him. Um, although I've been, you know, I've been surprised and even not so surprised on, on a world title, but I'd have a hard time believing that Kingston has uh, a real shot at winning this. All right. So let's move on to MJF versus Jericho, because I'm, I think, again, this is a match that we know what's going to happen because if MJF wins Jericho, has said that he is in the inner circle. They had that great uh, end of their, uh, what did they call it? The town hall two weeks ago, where I, ju- I just loved what MJF said to Jericho, that he would do anything 
to get in her circle and Jericho responded with, you know, kind of an arrogant, like, well, I'd hope you would. And then MJF got really serious. It's like, no, I'll do anything uh, to get in. But I just, I mean, I think with these two guys, they're so entertaining. It's going to be great. And I mean, obviously to me, if you want to keep the storyline going, you had to, you got to have MJF go over. I hope they don't do what they did with Orange Cassidy, where it's like, again, I agree that Jericho shouldn't be putting people over just, you know, nilly willy, not to get too country. But I do think that they need to start letting him lose to some of these guys because it's a big deal for MJF to beat him. Just like it would have been a huge deal for Orange Cassidy to, you know, honestly win like a match in the middle of the ring, particularly the first one. So, uh, I, I I can't wait to see what these guys do. Again, I'm assuming MJF wins. I'm assuming the inner circle gets involved. Uh, and right now, do you think there's any chance Jericho wins? Uh, very little. Um, w- lately, I've been uh, fortunate enough to be able to listen to like a lot of uh, the Talk is Jericho podcasts. And I, I just listened to the most recent one today where he had uh, Miro, a.k.a. Rusev, on there. And quite honestly, uh, they, they're they always really good in storytelling. And one of the things that he had touched on in this is he was talking about how he didn't really believe in the Orange Cassidy bit uh, to, to begin with, even when they signed him. But when he saw the pops that they were getting uh, in their interactions, he was like, this is the reason that I, you know, went on a three and a half month program with this guy because the the crowd absolutely ate this guy up. So you, you had to listen to what they're doing. So I really don't feel that in this instance, uh, it would be a good idea for Jericho to go over. Although in one of these spots, I imagine there's going to be a spot where he doesn't necessarily put the guy over. Uh, by a victory but this isn't one of those uh, it's got to be mjf sam yeah i'm i i mean it has to be mjf I okay think. then let me ask you another question then because if all we're right. all in agreement that is this eventually going to turn jericho face is that the eventual move or is it jericho and mjf end up staying together and you start to turn the other guys is this to turn like because i noticed it looked like sammy was had a little face tendencies the last couple of episodes is that maybe what it's moving for is let's try to get Sammy as a face. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that something, I, I think that this is leading to the breakup of the inner circle. Um, and it's either going to be, they kick Jericho out or they, or Jericho, either Jericho turns face or they're turning the other guy's face. I think that, um, what would be interesting, you know, we've talked all about the four-man stable with Cody and Sean Spears and the Revival, but would be MJF, Wardlow, Jericho, and Hager. And with two that, monsters in it. What evolution, basically? <laughs> Actually, not that's a, what, no. It's what it is. You got Triple H. I mean, you have Flair, you have Batista and uh, Orton. I mean, honestly. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Um, but I, I could see that more than I could see, um, or Jericho, you know, they've been doing this thing. I almost wonder if the the fact that they have Santana and Ortiz and uh, Guevara who don't like 
MJF. Almost that feels like it's it's a little too heavy handed. Yeah, but the one thing that was interesting is you noticed that wasn't both Santana and Ortiz, and I'm sorry I get them mixed up sometimes, but one of them seemed okay with it. I believe it was Santana. Ortiz was the one because Ortiz was the one that teamed yes. with. Uh, yes, you got it correct. Yeah, uh, Ortiz was like hell no. Santana was just kind of like, eh. you know, even when they left the uh, the uh, town hall, he even looked at him like, sorry man, I tried uh, to MJF. So. Again, I, I think they're going to do something creative with it. I'm excited for this match. The Let's do Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen TNT Championship. I still have not figured out, unless they just want Cody to keep this belt for a long time. Because, uh, you know, I, I really thought this was going to be an Orange Cassidy versus Cody Rhodes match at this pay-per-view. Instead, it's Darby Allen with the promo on Friday, or excuse me, yesterday on Wednesday. I'll get into a little bit more of that with uh, when we get into the superlatives. Again, you would think Cody Rhodes is going to win this match. But they've also said stuff and kind of set it up to where Darby Allen is the ultimate underdog. That's the kind of character he is. He, you know, he can't win. He won't win. Uh, he seems so serious, you know, sitting up in the rafters the last couple of weeks, you know, scouting. Sam, do you think that this is going to be Cody Rhodes uh, retaining or is Darby Allen going to get the shocking upset? Because not all these matches can go the way we think they're going to go. Uh, I wonder if Cody retains and then Orange Cassidy, you know, this we, we, we've been this is where Cody turns heel. We've been saying that for a while. Uh, but I wonder if this is where Cody turns heel. <laughs> um, and I wonder if that is sort of the story that they're going to tell. Uh, it feels, a, I mean, my, uh, I don't know. I, it's hard with this, but I, I don't know. And I kind of like that. I would guess that Cody retains. Rana. Yeah, this one's a tough one. Um, it's, I, I'm like, how Sam is where you don't really know how long they really want to uh, stick with Cody and the TNT title. Um, quite honestly, I feel that he's given it the prestige it deserves. Um, I, I know that, you know, we were all upset about the whole Brody Lee situation just to put it back onto Cody. Um, I don't I still have a hard time uh, not seeing Cody going over on this one all right i, I agree I, I think cody's gonna retain but again i just they're not gonna if you look at it all five of the biggest matches on this card i think it's pretty easy to you know at least be uh fairly certain you know the outcome or that you could book this and there's just no way they're gonna do that with all of them so let's go to the omega versus page well, sorry, I don't, I don't just no, one last thing. And I think that one reason why this Cody match is hard, and it's one thing that fr really frustrates me going back to the Brody Lee thing is, I don't know why they had booked him against Brody Lee. I don't know why they had him lose so convincingly to Brody Lee. I don't know why he came back and won the title. Like if you were to ex like cut that out, if you were to you know remove that from this storyline with Cody, then it seems a lot more likely that Cody loses to me or that it's a lot 
less damaging. Like if Cody loses, I feel like because AEW is supposed to be wins and losses matter. And you're having Cody, you know, Cody gets beaten by Brody Lee, comes back and wins in a brutal match. And now Cody's losing again. Like there is a point where in a company where wins and losses matter, that does kind of hurt. And it, it devalues. I don't know what's going on, why they did that with Brody. I, I'm actually genuinely curious. I feel like there's some sort of storyline behind that. Or not storyline, but there's some sort of backstage thing. Like there was a reason why it happened. Well, it's for I know it's for him to take time off. I don't know why they did the Brody Lee. Why they I mean he wasn't gone that long. So I don't I don't even know why they couldn't have just made up something why he didn't, you know, defend the title for a few weeks. But yeah, outside of that show that we know is coming, like I would have thought that there was something more in there. And, or, I mean, either, I feel like they, they sort of picked the worst of all worlds. Like, fine, Cody loses, put the title on, you know, have Brody win it for a while. Like, don't have him lose it back immediately. Like, well, especially I, I, not have him squash it and then immediately lose it back. To me, that was what made the least sense of all. Is it's like, so he was bad enough to, like, destroy him the first time. And then Cody comes back and faces him in a match. It should be to the advantage of Brody Lee. And in this one, Cody gets a W. That was kind of my frustration with it. Yeah, that so was. The Omega Page match, speaking of wins and losses matter, part of what was going to be my promo of the week, I changed it. I thought Kenny Omega was fantastic in the interview at not his house. Did y'all catch that part where they go, nice dog, and Kenny's like, this, yeah. oh, this isn't my dog. Yeah. This isn't even this my isn't house. Him. He goes, I'm <laughs> yeah. just here temporarily, which was just, I thought, so funny. He brought up, you know, the wins and losses because, uh, you know, they, they're obviously bringing up the point that if you look at Hangman's path to this match through the tournament or bracket compared to Omega's, it's been a lot harder, <laughs> like a lot harder. Uh, and I love, though, that Hangman, I mean, excuse me, that Omega, you know, came back with, well, what about having to, you know, kind of make moves on the fly because I didn't know who my opponent was going to be right up until, you know, before the match. And um, I, maybe this is a hot take. I'm starting to think that Hangman Page may win this and that in the long run, it might be best to have him go over. That is what solidifies Omega's heel turn. Omega then costs him his title match versus Moxley whenever that is. That will get Moxley into the year title run, which I think is something that it looks like they want to do. And then you have Hill Omega, who has not only, you know, put over Hangman in their first big singles match, cost him his title opportunity versus Moxley. But then when he wins the title, you have obviously a Hangman page that is just ready to rip him to shreds. Will that happen? I don't know. That's just my hot take because, again, all these matches cannot go the way we think they're going to go. And it's like the championship, Matt, I guarantee if you ask 9 out of 10 wrestling fans, they say Mox is going to win. Cody Rhodes for the TNT championship. You got MJF to get into the inner circle for that one. And then you've obviously got Cody retaining. And then we're going to get to the tag team titles, which they've also kind of booked themselves into the corner where I think out of all of them, that's the one I'm almost most certain and what's going to happen in it. But – that's just do either one of y'all think there's any chance they do that that hangman ends up winning this yes um i think that i don't think it's a very good chance but i i think that what you're describing the only reason why 
I say no is that face Moxley versus face Page doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I, what I could see is, is that is Moxley really a face though? I mean, I, I think that oh. I don't know. It's hard to say he's not. I mean, especially when there's a full live audience. I mean, he does kind of thrive off of his. That's been a year ago. People. That's but been he, literally a year ago. I mean, when was the last time you saw him do anything that was really truly face? I would argue that his promo this week, where he talked about like, I thought that he would cut a face promo this week, or more that Eddie Kingston cut a heel promo. Well, that's what I was gonna say. But I thought that he was also pretty. I don't know. I I see what you're saying. Yes, and the two of those. But I I think it's been smart. The that's one thing I'll give them credit with Moxley is I feel like that he has truly been the first tweener I've seen in any promotion in a long time to where like. He's not, you know, any of these baby faces you normally see. He's not any of these heels. He's just kind of a badass and a little bit of, you know, of a maniac. And it's like, that's, to me, the best Moxley you can get. Sorry, go ahead, Sam. Uh, I'm, I'm inclined to think that they've been doing this overpowered. I think that what we're going to get, if I were a betting man, is, is that there's some kind of screwy finish, ref bump. Page hits the lariat, kick, let, Omega kicks out at two that's it i i just i think the money is in the chase and having omega lose and having page i'm sorry omega win the title and page coming after him yeah i'm in the same boat as sam that i really feel that it would be a better payoff uh if hangman takes the title off of kenny omega somewhere down the down the line the, the other thing that I'll say, and because it's sort of my catchphrase, is, is that just because the log- we have these logical outcomes doesn't mean that that's a bad idea. I mean, we're seeing a lot where it seems like these are just the logical outcome is that these people are the ones who win, and we might be overthinking it. It doesn't, but when you have five matches of this caliber, which, again, I think this is by far, like, again, not trying to be – you know, disrespectful to the world title match. But if you're telling me out of these five matches and we're ranking them like most interested to least interested, the world title match is the least interesting to me because of the two performers in it. The other four matches, like, I mean, I, I think they're going to be great matches. I think they got great storylines going into them. And they seem very predictable. And I just, I think that you can't, I don't know, maybe you can. You might be right that maybe they can just book them all the way they're supposed to. I just feel like in some ways that's going to leave a bad taste in some people's mouths because when you have four or five matches of this caliber and all of them kind of go, you know, by the pain in bookings, uh, you know, I think that's a mistake. I'm with you that you don't make a surprise just for a surprise, but I have enough confidence in them. And with the storylines that you have going in these separate matches, they should be able to pull off something surprising or different uh, without it being just something that they, they kind of forced. The FTR Young Bucks match, I, I like, I hated when they did the Cody thing, the world title. You know, if I lose mm-hmm. this match, I will not ever. I've came around on it. Like, I actually think now it made sense. Jericho brought it up on commentary Wednesday, which I thought was very smart. Uh, because he's kept his word. Again, I think it's going to be a heel turn, and somehow he's going to weasel his way into the world title picture eventually. That's what Cody's going to do. 
but I think it's good. But for this, like, can you really see Cody not having a shot at the world title? And then you take the young bucks and they can't have a shot at the tag team titles in basically the first what year and a month that AEW has been officially like a actual uh, promotion. You've basically taken two of your biggest guys that you had. I mean, the only thing missing would be saying Omega also can't, you know, go after the TNT championship or whatever. And it's like, then they'd have a clean sweep of basically their biggest guys. Like, why did they add the stipulation? And that's to either one of you. Cause I just can't figure it out. I still haven't been able to figure this one out. Um, and that's, what actually kind of made it harder to call what's going to happen here. Because on one hand, um, like you, you mentioned the whole Cody angle, they can't possibly handcuff uh, another one of their biggest guns forever, could they? Especially when they're um, kind of at this tweener, almost heel role right now. Like if, if FDR wasn't, you know, good old full-blown classic heels, you could almost say that the Young Bucks were on their way to turning heel, but, you know, they're doing very tweener-ish things, so... Oh, no, they're doing heelish things, and they're getting the benefit of being tweeners because, again, as you're pointing out, FTR is just straight-up heel, but, I mean, if you think about it, they've done some pretty messed-up stuff. I mean, they've interrupted matches, they've like the stuff they've said oh yeah like they've been heel uh for sure or heel tendencies i guess would be a good word for it i you know it's funny that we brought up the cody stipulation i thought that he just couldn't challenge for the title i think it was i'm blanking now but i thought it was as long as jericho was champion no ever period yeah which i mean it's stupid um the it's actually funny that you i'm sort of going to go with the king solomon cut the baby in half um, I think this goes to a time limit draw. And I think that that's how they do it is that they'll, they'll wrestle to a time limit draw and then they'll, they'll have to do another one down the line because I've given, I, I get doing this match, but I think that this is one of the biggest matches that AEW has, you know, one of the, the best in its gun, you know, one of the most important bullets that they have in their gun. And I just can't imagine that this is a one and done between them. I think that, we're i i could see this leading to or some kind of screwy finish that leads to a two out of three falls match something where i don't think this is the end and i think the challenging for the tag titles like that i think that's what happens they need to explain that though because to me if it's a time limit you didn't win the tag titles and they said if they do not win this match they will never challenge for them again uh that's the only thing that i mean they i need to hear that caveat before beforehand because otherwise again why put in the stipulation i just that's what i don't understand the and what i would argue there is that all you have to do is have so it's like time limit draw whatever 30 60 i mean i doubt it'll be 60 minutes but if it's like a 30 minute time limit um they hit uh you know the melter driver with you know and and then the time the ref's counting three and right as his hand comes up to go down for three we've reached a time limit draw and then they can say we would have won and that sort of thing. So I I would have the young bucks winning and then they're going to move on to to where they're going to continue feuding. I mean, obviously FTR is going to get shot back. Maybe, you know, the young bucks end up turning heel and they try to do a double turn. Who knows? Uh, I just thought when they did that stipulation, 
And, you know, I was really shocked when Cody lost, honestly, to Jericho. Because I was like, man, they really did that? Because in WWE, the person always wins. And maybe that's going to be the difference in AEW is maybe they're saying that, look, you know, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes are big enough that they don't have to have, you know, the titles to be, you know, basically one of our biggest, you know, wrestlers on our brand. But I just think it's a risk. One more thing before we get into the superlatives. Ronnell, which match do you think is going to be the best match of the night out of these five? Yikes. Oh, man. I, it's real easy to go with the tag title match. And quite honestly, I think I am going to take the lazy man's way out and, and go with that because there's no – I mean, unless for some reason their styles really do – completely uh don't go together in the ring i have a hard time seeing these guys not burning it down sam i'm going page omega because i we've never seen the young bucks and ftr wrestle each other and i'm just more inclined to say go with a known quantity well i think this is going to be the best match you'll see omega wrestle in AEW so far uh, and I think it may be the best wrestler he stepped into the ring in AEW in a singles match of this magnitude so far. Because you got to remember, he was tag team champs for seven months, so he didn't really do much singles matches. Uh, I, I'm so big on Hangman Page. Every time I watch him in the ring, I just I can't get over how athletic he is for like his size, his frame, his body type. He doesn't look like he's really athletic, and then you just like watch his matches, and it's crazy. He's flipping all over the place. So. Uh, but I am not worried about the FTR Young Bucks. It's going to be fantastic. I mean, it is. It's going to be really good. I think that the best tag team title matches are when you have contrasting styles. I look back to, like, the Demolition versus the Hart Foundation or uh, when, you know, the Rockers were, uh, you know, challenging, like, uh, well, they challenged Demolition. They challenged some other teams. It's just when you have that speed and power and, you know, these different – I think it's going to work really well. And those guys work, both want to have – like an outstanding match. Uh, so, I mean, you just look at what the Young Bucks have done against both Hangman and Page, uh, and then, you know, it, it's going to be great. I, I have no doubt. Especially because FTR, again, with Hangman and Page was also really good. Uh, moving on to Superlatives of the Week. I'm going to start with Promo of the Week. I'm going to keep it kind of short because we've already talked about it. But Cody Rhodes, uh, I just – and I couldn't tell if it was really a heel promo, but his promo to Darby Allen was out of this world. Like it, it, it's, it's moments like that, that I forget, you know, how good this guy is because he is sort of getting, and, and not to say that even to a stint triple H gets unfair treatment too on this, you know, people always go, well, Cody Rhodes is, you know, is that good vice president, you know, EVP he's, he's got all this power. You know, he's got so much invest in the promotion but then you watch him, you know, when he said he was the only man to leave WWE, you know, and make himself a made man, honestly, he's he's not lying. There, there's truth in that, at least in the last, what, 20 years? I mean, it's been since WCW was around. You can say some guys left WWE and got bigger in WCW, but uh, I just thought it was great. And then the bonus one, if y'all haven't seen it, he did a promo off after they went off the air, just basically saying that he finally can now go by Cody Rhodes. He doesn't just have to go by Cody. I guess there was a court decision or something. And it just, again, it shows the range of them because it was almost more of a heel promo 
uh, to end the show against Darby Allen. And then when they went off the air, he did a very face promo uh, talking about his name. And uh, I just, I think sometimes I underestimate or downplay Cody Rhodes' greatness. He's very, very good. And it shows that WWE really missed the opportunity with him. Uh, and what's most disappointing is I think they had it when they had him with Randy Orton and they had that legacy group going and they kind of dropped the ball uh, in that storyline. And from there, it was just, they tried way too many things. Uh, I mean, we remember what was it? Stardust. God, it was awful. Stardust uh, was something that he really didn't get over. He got over dashing Cody Rhodes. He got yeah, exactly. I, I think that he wasn't ready when he was with Orton, but I think that he, um, I think that he's a great promo, but I think that he needed, he is leveled up. When he left, I was sort of, I was like, oh, it's a huge deal. He's done a lot better. He's really improved. It's one of the things that's so fun about pro wrestling is he's improved. Sam, what's your promo of the week? Uh, mine was, I uh, might be cheating a little bit. It was the Mustafa Ali promo that actually you told me about that I went back and watched. Um. And I thought that he, you know, they've done, a, I, I, I'm still not hundred percent sold because they're not. Right, back I just, I want to read this. Cause I wrote this down because I, I thought it was this good. So I just want to read what he's talking about. And this was the point of him coming out. This was basically the first thing he said when he came out, he goes, let me tell you why the members of retribution look the way they look and have the names they have. Imagine being judged by your name. Imagine being mocked because of how you look. Now imagine a guy named Mustafa Ali that gave the members of retribution names and masks so they can feel what he feels so that they too can be judged by their names and how they look. It's a crazy concept, isn't it? Wow. I told you, like, I, 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 I want to make sure that you had heard that sound and I'm so upset. They didn't do it on the show. It, it's, I, it's mind boggling, honestly. And it, it's, some of it also is is that they're just making them look like goofs like this is it was a great promo and the only reason why and i wanted to make sure that it got more attention is that it's frustrating that they're not backing it up you know is that they, they did this with bray wyatt too is it eventually like he, you can cut the greatest promos in the world but if you're continually you know getting kicked in the balls you know it, there's a point where you stop taking people seriously, but I did think it was a great promo and I thought that it was great in getting them over and establishing a motive. And like you, I don't know why, you know, they better show this on raw just because it gets over their motive so well. And it actually is a motive I would have never thought of. I mean, it actually makes sense for the stupid names, the stupid out, like it really does. And I was just like, wow, that's so great. And I'm like, why are they doing this at 12 o'clock on the fucking internet? Like what is going on? uh ron L, what's your promo of the week uh not that i need to add on further to what you said but i too had to go with cody rhodes um that was just again pretty amazing stuff and it just shows that since his like sam was saying earlier since his leaving wwe he definitely has just gotten more and more refined and he's just almost the total package at this point in I, terms of what you need for a sports entertainment. I, I hope he, they turn him heel. I think he's going to be a great heel. Like, I think he's going to be a far better heel than he's been a face. And I just, I, I'm, I'm with you, Ryan. I think you saw, like, just a little bit of that in that promo. Because, you know, he basically, 
you know, told Darby, you can't, you can't touch this. Like you're good. I'm the one that found you. I'm the one that got you this job, but you're not Cody. I'd be excited Rose. for you. <laughs> yeah. I'd be excited for you to have this title. It's exactly. It wasn't me that you had to take it from. It was very good. And I mean, it was, I just like, I think he's going to be a great heel. I hope that's where they're heading. Uh, wrestler on the rise. I'm going to actually swap on the fly. I was going to do Mustafa Ali retribution with a question mark because, you know, they had, said that Ali obviously was the hacker two weeks ago. You followed up this week with giving a legit reason for why they are, you know, the way they are. And then he's got the stuff with our truth, which I think they're going to start putting them over. I really do. I think that's going to be it. You're going to see them start taking on smaller name guys to where they get W's and kind of build them back up. But I'm going to go with the hurt business again, because to hear, and actually, I'll tell you what, for promo of the week also, we should have mentioned the New Day. Xavier and Kofi I was, were mm-hmm. spitting hot fire before their match against them. Like, those guys have gotten so good and so relaxed, and they're just having fun is what's crazy. But, I mean, they they messed up Bobby Lashley. They messed up MVP. And at the same time, they're also talking about that. They're like, is it nine or is it 10? Like we've won so many. We can't, I mean, like, what is it? Was that one official? I can't, you know. And I mean, they just, they kind of walk that line of confidence and humor that it's just, I don't know many guys that can truly pull that off and they don't get mentioned a lot for that. But then to have them give that promo and then go out and get beat, uh, that's a big deal. And I, I love what they're doing with the Hurt Business. They continue to book them strong. They continue to be consistent with them that, you know, it's all business. Like, you know, it's not, we're not really heels. We're not really face. We're about, you know, looking good, making money. It's, it's all business. I was really shocked that they got that win. I think we already see where they're going to go with the tag team title picture. I'm glad they're not messing with the Street uh, Profits New Day match because I think that's going to be like the, potential banger from survivor series that people aren't really talking about so they are my wrestlers on the rise thank you for bringing that up because i i was hoping that we would get to touch on two bullet points that i mean even though uh, i'm happy with what they're doing with the hurt business two bullet points uh, i'm while i was watching that match i'm like oh my god sam is going to lose his (laughs) Not only we got a tag team championship, non-title match loss, and once again, Vince's black on black crime. <laughs> but um, my wrestler on the rise is uh, Rhea Ripley. Um, I'm glad to see that NXT is doing the right thing with uh, having Io Shirai calling her out and that they're going to get a chance to go at it again for the women's championship. They're going to tear down the house no matter where it is they uh, pull this off and I'm just happy that they're going to get this match. Um, so I'm, I'm going to I want to touch on the Hurt Business and I'm going to make a comparison that's going to seem a little weird. They're the Brad Stevens Boston Celtics. Where I feel like Swift Knife. They're so good. They're just missing a superstar. Is that they had, you know, I I really think if they had put Apollo Crews in there, I know that they haven't, but if they had him, 
in there because you need somebody. I just don't feel like they have that guy. That's where I I wish Big E would have turned on the New Day and joined them. I think that would have been like the best storyline they've done in a while. I think Big E could actually be the leader of that group, you know, MVP, kind of the mentor. Uh, and it just, you would have made Big E such a big heel to turn on Xavier and Kofi, like such a big heel. But you need somebody, to, yeah, I just feel like Lashley isn't the guy. He's, you know, the, the, you need somebody who, who can work. Has won a world title or could yeah. win a world title. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like Lashley. Lashley is been. leveling up right now, though. I got to give him that. He uh, is. I just don't know. Like, you have to be able to talk. Uh, yeah. unless you're basically Brock Lesnar I mean or Kane you know what I mean or the Undertaker like there's not a lot of guys that have won championships it just and he's just really bad on the mic I mean do it like and has anybody brought up the him versus Sami Zayn like are we going to go back to that really bad storyline from like two years ago with the oh, sisters man. and that yeah <laughs> that's the uh Johan mentioned that and like I got like terrible flashbacks I was like, no, no. <laughs> um, I I do want to say the yeah no. Uh, and on that note, we're gonna I'm gonna move away from that one. Um, I'm uh I'm my wrestler on the rise is I'm going with actually, and this is gonna seem a little weird, is Alexa Bliss because she's not involved in the women's title picture on Raw but I would argue she's the most prominent female wrestler on Raw. She's AJ Lee from, you know, that year, year and a half period where she was involved in like the Cena angle, the Daniel Bryan angle, the CM Punk, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean that as a negative thing. I'm saying like AJ Lee was like the star of Raw, you know? Yeah. And, and no, you're hundred percent right. And I just think that, you know, Alexa Bliss is just killing it in her role and I, you know, I, I think that in fact, that, that they're, that they're doing a really good job of keeping the fiend relevant and keeping that, you know, that that's a character that they could stagnate, but they're giving it a nice little twist and evolution. And so I just hats off to her because she's just doing, and it looks like they're doing the storyline with her and Nikki Cross. You know, I'm excited about that. Um, the, the one question I, I, and I don't know where we're going to get this because, but are they not doing a takeover before uh, the night before Survivor Series? They have not announced anything. Because, well, eh, never mind. The the we'll get uh, never mind. You got to uh, remember that last year they didn't have one because they were in the you know event. I'm assuming yeah. if it wasn't in the world we are right now, it would be again the triple because I think it makes a lot of sense. I actually think it's pretty smart. Uh, Cause it helps you with your booking. You know what I mean? Cause it, you know, you can have some of those NXT guys take losses if you have two, you know, WWE or raw and a SmackDown person. Um, the one other thing I want to get uh, before we get out of the wrestler on the rise, because are, are you planning on bringing it up with Drake Maverick? The Simpsons thing? Yes. Uh, no, th- this is perfect to bring up now. I'm going to bring up something else when we get to storyline you should be watching. So well, then yeah. go ahead. Come on. I, Cause I, I want you to, because when I saw it, I immediately thought of you. I went, Sam is going to love this so much. So somebody on Twitter put a, uh, a, a comparing Killian Dane <laughs> and uh, Drake Maverick to the episode of The Simpsons where uh, they go to save the lemon tree. And uh, Martin Prince is dancing around, like singing with Nelson. And Nelson is just so... Like, <laughs> oh, Agitated ah. that they're teaming up. 
and, and he's just Nelson's so disgusted. It's just so funny. It's such a pr- I never thought of it, and I I don't remember who did it, but they're a genius. And what I love too is he, I mean, even though it's almost like Drake Maverick had watched, like they had watched that because you know Drake's like hopping around him. He shoved Drake in the back at one point, which is exactly what Nelson kind of does to uh you know just like get out of my way it was just it was it was great and i i knew i literally the second i saw it I was like man sam is gonna love this uh this that's the internet can be really bad social media can be really bad but that's why i keep coming back and stuff like that because that that gave me uh quite a chuckle i hate to say this because we're moving on to wrestler on the slide my man miro ak rusev Boy, have they already poured a bunch of cold water all over that hot debut. Remember how jacked up everybody was? Oh, yeah, Mira Rusev, yes. Yeah, he's a jobber, mid-carter, whatever you want to call him again. Like, that's what he is. And I am surprised because I actually do think he has the ability, especially with his size and that promotion, to be something big. I'm disappointed he's still using the Acolyte or whatever the hell they're calling it. Uh, it just, it, it makes me sad, uh, because I didn't love putting him with Kip Sabian, but it made a little bit of sense because I thought they were going to build up Kip Sabian through Miro's debut. Instead, they basically put Miro where Kip Sabian was on the card. And, uh, again, this is where I get confused because no offense to Hager, like Miro's a lot better than Hager. Like, I, I believe that he's younger He's, he's, you know, probably a little bit more stronger. Uh, I mean, it just, to me, they could be doing something better with him. And I'm now officially thinking that, like, it looks like maybe the T- TNT championship might be as high as Miro can get. When I thought when he got signed, he would probably at least get a shot at the world title in his first year there. I don't see that happening anywhere or either uh, at this point, unless they really get it moving. Um because I mean, they're basically- I never really thought that Miro was one of those guys that we can instantly throw into the world title picture. But I don't think that we've um, seen the ceiling yet. You know, I mean, we we do got to remember he is just fresh coming in. I, I I can understand why you're putting him on the slide, but we're gonna have to give it time for him to get you know worked into here. There's a lot of bigger. He, fish I think in though that him. he had a lot of buzz because of who he was, how he left, how vocal he was outside of it. And they basically squandered all of that. And maybe he does have enough talent to truly get over, you know, just strictly on what he does on the mic and in the ring. But I feel like they lost a lot of momentum that they had with him when he first showed up, you know, he made the promo uh, you know, he was the best man, which I actually like the, you know, the best man. I mean, even his ring gear, I'm not crazy about, uh, it just, to know, maybe me, they could be doing more with him. To, to me, maybe it's just because I'm fresh off of listening to, um, him and Jericho chopping it up. And I, I don't know. He seems extremely happy at the newfound freedom that he has. So he's still going to need some time to kind of develop a bunch of the things that he didn't really get a chance to in, you know, kind of calling his, where his character is going to go. So, you know, maybe two years down the line, if, you know, his ceiling has only been the TNT championship, maybe we could revisit this and, and I could agree more with you there. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I I don't know where you slot him in. You know, would you put him in against Moxley? Would you put him in? I mean, I I think that where he is now better for him to be in the position that he's in than being put against Moxley or Cody and losing. Quite honestly, I thought he, he had a pretty good showing. I, I uh, was close. His was in the top three to five of my matches of the week this past week, just because, you know, they, they put together a pretty decent show as far as, especially, you know, with Trent being a, a tag wrestler. Yeah, but I'm saying it looks like they're we're getting to Kip Sabian and Miro versus the best friends. Like, is that really what they needed to be using Miro for? I, I just personally, I, I I don't understand it. They made it seem like he was a big deal uh, when he showed up, and to me, they have not made it seem like a big deal since his first match the week after, because they promoted the hell out of it. And I mean, now he's just he's there some weeks, he's he's not others, uh, and it just you know. I mean, and some of the little things he does that I will say, I think to your point, Sam, is like the way he was huffing and puffing when he was getting ready to give his promo, which was just overacting. And I know that because he was setting up time, you know, for Orange Cassidy to get the top rope to hit him. But it's like, okay, dude, you're, you shouldn't be that gassed when you were just beating the hell out of those dudes two seconds later. But anyway, I'm sorry. We've spent way too much time talking about Miro. Ron, who is your wrestler on the slide? My wrestler on the slide, I mean, even though uh, whom he lost to isn't the worst thing in the world, mine is the Velveteen Dream. Um, you know, we're not talking about taking a loss to the Tommaso Ciampa from two years ago. We're talking about the Tommaso Ciampa of right now. And Velveteen Dream, you know, losing to Tommaso Ciampa on uh, weekly programming. In as much as it kind of thrills me to put him in this slot because um still as talented as he is i cannot never separate these accusations uh for him as with uh with this teenage guy and so um it'll be hard for me to really root for the velveteen dream uh for the remainder of his career and it's by his doing so i am happy to put him in my wrestler of the slide this week um yeah i'm i'm with you i think that he's it's sort of interesting is that triple h has said like oh we're not punishing him you know he's not going to be we're not going to get rid of him but it's almost worse like getting rid of him wouldn't you know he's losing all the time like i, I mean you can you argue, mean just like they're not punishing lana but she goes through a table every single week for the seventh week <laughs> yeah Vince is getting a kick out of that go ahead do the vince laugh <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he's saying. It's hilarious. That's good shit. It's such good shit. Oh man, we're we. I I I've seen it in my mind. We're we're going to get some kind of effect for when Sam's ready to pull out the vents. <laughs> I just don't know what we'll call it. The, the Vince button. Evan Austin. <laughs> and, and and Sam, you can hit the button right when you're ready to go into it and you hit it and <laughs> then, you know, the, the, the thing comes up and flickers and, and That's the know. one thing I'm telling you, I miss about the old board uh, before we changed over to, you know, what we basically record the podcast on was I actually had on the old one a, like I could make sound bites and stuff and, and uh it would be great. I mean, we would be hammering them up. I mean, me and Alan played Ric Flair 
10 times during the gambling podcast where it'd be to woo or to be the man, you got to beat the man. Uh, I loved it. So anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Sam. We interrupted you. No, 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 you're fine. Uh, my wrestling slide is Darby Allen. Um, I think that the whole Sting thing works for Sting because there is a reason for it. And Sting, you know, there's, there's a lot. Is he showing up? Is that what it's leading to? Because I've heard a few people say, you know, he's officially a free agent. This could be leading to him showing up with Darby at the pay-per-view. I've heard rumblings of this. I don't know how much how much I can uh, put stock into it, though. Yeah, and, and I have a hard time if it's, like, I, I mean, I think I, Sting just doesn't seem like, I don't see why Sting would do that, and I don't see Sting burning the bridge with the WWE for monetary reasons as much as anything. I mean, I think Vince would forgive him, obviously, but, like, I just have a hard time imagining him. I I, just, I am skeptical of it. It could happen, but I would. I'm pretty sure if you're on the Legends contract, you can sell your figurines, you can sell your shirt. You know, they do all that stuff in WWE anyway, and you're getting a percentage of that the entire time that is more than if you were, you know, not with the company anymore. Yeah. And and I, I'm just skeptical of, of that. And, and the whole, but yeah, the whole Sting thing. And, and I just, it, it, I forgot that he was in this match for a while. Uh, I was watching, uh, and it tells you how fried my brain is from Halloween and the election, but I was like watching Impact. I was like, oh yeah, Darby Allen's wrestling Cody. Not, uh, that's not, uh, uh, or Cassie. That was my bad. And it shows how fried your brain is because you said Impact. Dynamite. Oh, jeez, yeah. <laughs> At least I didn't say Nitro. Get some <laughs> that would have been better. I would have been more proud of if you did say Nitro. Yeah. that means you would have officially lost your mind. Right? Yeah. <laughs> At least that's a show that's still on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, an impact dynamite and dynamite has an impact. Um, yeah, yeah. Dynamite. Um, you know, and I watched, I watched a little late last night and I was like, Oh yeah. So, I mean, that not a great sign for Darby. Um, yeah, that's sort of my feeling about it is that he's there to lose. How did he earn that shot? Did I miss that? Um, yes. Gosh, I believe he earned it. It was something on. It was something on television. I, I'm drawing a complete blank right now. Okay, I just want to make sure because I, I just, I remember I was really confused. You know, he's feuding with like the Orange Cassidy, and all of a sudden, a pair of you, they say, you know, he's facing Darby Allen. I was like, what is going on? So that might have been one of the weeks I, I actually did not watch the show. So that's on me. Let's move on to the match of the week. I don't even think this is close. It was Jay Uso versus Daniel Bryan. There was a ton of good wrestling this week too. I mean, I think there there really was. There was there was good matches on every show this week. Every single one of them across the board. But between the in ring work and then like kudos again to WWE mm. who just keeps hitting it out of the park with the Roman Reigns Jay Uso. The I understand like Jay Uso when he yes. was like crying almost like he was like a, a little child to their parent. Like, honestly, the ways that he, he's like, I understand, you know, like, I get it. And Reigns is, he's not saying now. a word. He's just looking at Daniel, like, get him. And if this is leading to Daniel Roman Reigns, oh, my God, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Like, it's going to be so good. Uh, I just, I, I'm, I'm super excited. And, you know, I think a lot of, I, I've, I've heard people say that Daniel Bryan's kind of lost a step in the ring 
which I think he changed his style. And I mean, you have to, like he, he about killed himself. To protect himself. his health. Yeah, exactly. But he proves in matches like this with Jay Uso because the Reigns-Uso match was great for, you know, storytelling reasons. This match was great before you even got into the storytelling stuff. And then you had the storytelling stuff on top of it. So uh, I, I, I can watch Daniel Bryan matches all week. I continue to think that Jay Uso has like maybe he is going to be a star because he just keeps doing great not only in the ring but also uh you know in his as his work on the mic the, you know the acting he's doing within the storyline that was my match of the week uh mine as well and if daniel bryan has lost a step in the ring that just means that instead of being 100 light years better than anybody <laughs> else i mean b- because and this is somebody who's watched him like going back to like the, the rec center days in Philadelphia. Like I'm blanking on the rec center that they wrestled out of in ring of honor, but like, he's like, I've watched him for a long time. And I don't think that there is anybody in the business of professional wrestling who is as all around good at every aspect, psychology ring, like uh, in the ring as him. And ha- and that's just been the case since, I mean, he's always been amazing, but watching him do it on this stage. And so watching him wrestle Roman Reigns is something that, yeah, I mean, that, I thought that, you know, just the ring work of it was great. I thought that the storyline, as you said, was great. And the idea of getting him, I mean, that that's a WrestleMania main event. You know? I, and I think that should be the backup to the, if the Rock Reigns thing can't happen, because I actually think it, normally I'm against that kind of match. I think, it's a perfect match for what's going on right now. It's a perfect match for Reigns that in his career and what he needs. But if not, and I'd almost rather wait till we can get a crowd anyway for Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns because that's that they would make that match because they would be a, even with Reigns being everything that he is right now. I absolutely believe that most of the crowd would be. Like they would enjoy. They would enjoy it. those boos more. Yep, absolutely. Yep. The I will say the one thing is that. If you're going to do, like for me, and this is like the world's biggest Daniel Bryan mark, <laughs> I would say I would rather have Big E have a WrestleMania moment TM where he beats Roman Reigns than, you know, it, so that would be if we can't do Rock Roman, that's the backup. But I mean, their match at Fastlane was five years ago was really good and they've only i mean i what daniel bryan has lost in terms of raw that was right before wrestlemania 31 right mm-hmm. yeah and what daniel bryan has lost in terms of that raw sort of athleticism like he's still like no one gets like the same way that i talk about like i'll talk about dave Chappelle and john mulaney is like being able to construct jokes like daniel bryan can construct a wrestling match better than anybody did you notice the the because there's not a crowd there obviously you got the screens it's the first time i've seen in unison as they were going off the air every single fan was doing this and they can't be heard so that's like the only way they can you know say that like screw you roman or screw you jay uso and i have not seen that yet at all and again to your point that's the power of daniel bryan and yeah people just like the guy i mean i, I he's done he's so good and like i don't know it's funny because like rc gives me crap about how much i love punk and like i do punk i i probably like punk just more than i like daniel bryan but like daniel bryan's just fucking amazing 
and has been doing it now for almost two decades. Like it's unbelievable. I might, well just throw, I might as well just throw, um, just say that uh, this was a unanimous one this week. It was really hard to go away from you guys hit all the bullet points. They, the, the psychology, the, the great in-ring work, the, the storytelling of it all. Masterpiece. It, it really was. And, uh, and again, SmackDown was really good. Oh, that's the one thing we got to add at the end. I forgot I'll do that. Uh, the storyline you need to pay attention to, I'm not going to go into detail because we talked about it earlier, but it's Omega Hangman Page. I'm really interested to see, you know, who wins the match Saturday. When will these guys meet again? Because we know, you know, I think kind of the same thing Sam was getting into with FTR and the Young Bucks. This is not the last time these guys are going to be fighting in the near future because I think it's pretty safe to say that either Omega is going to win and then he's going to be champion and then you're going to have Hangman chasing him or either again, you're going to have, you know, Hangman win. I think then you're going to have Omega cost him uh, the championship, you know, against Moxley. And uh, I just, I, I've really been impressed with Kenny Omega. You got to remember, I have not seen a lot of him uh, because I, I obviously didn't, I've never watched New Get Japan up. or any of that stuff. He, he's starting to impress me on the mic and stuff, which is what I didn't realize he could do because his, his last couple of promos have been great and he looks like he enjoys being a heel, I think, more than a face. I don't know who wouldn't because, you know, cool guys are heels. Uh, but I, I really can't wait to see where this goes. Sam, what's your uh, storyline of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the – because we've not talked about NXT much. I'm going to go with – uh, other than Rhea, I'm going to go with the uh, uh, Pat, and this was almost my promo of the week. Was Pat McAfee, um, Oni Lorcan, and Tui? Um, I always like and Pete Dunn forming that stable, and that was why I was asking that takeover. Was that like if they were like? Honestly, like that is a war games match. That's going to be the war game. I think that from I read this today. That's what I meant to actually tell you would take over. I think they're going to do that a little bit later in the year because there's some injury issues, like legit injury issues mm-hmm. with Undisputed Era. They want them to be back and healthy. And that is going to, that's what we're leading to. Because there was a rumor a while back, remember, they're going to bring in NFL players to be with McAfee against them. This works so much better. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I thought that his like explanation for why they had those guys with him was like perfect. It was great. Like, yeah, oh yeah, like you know, Roderick Strong turned on Pete Dunn. Uh, you know the the and I think that yeah, this thing's great. And McAfee was, as we all remember, I'll it. say it again. He it could be like a superstar in wrestling right now if he wanted to give everything up, and that's what he wanted to do. He's that good, and he knows it. I and I wonder actually if he and if they want to to throw Ridge Holland in there and then have uh, Finn be with the uh, undisputed era and possibly turn on the undisputed era. I'd be down for that. Yeah, but I yeah that was my that's my storyline to watch because like as soon as I saw it I was like, are they doing War Games to take over? Because I will watch the shit out of this <laughs> War Games match. <laughs> Well, staying on the NXT thread, my storyline to watch, I was going to keep it um, 
just on the title picture, but uh, the NXT women's division as a whole is just expanded so greatly um, between Shotzi Blackheart and Tony Storm this week and what's happening with the Candice LeRae program. Um, you had Ember Moon and Dakota Kai, which, you know, I was surprised to see Dakota Kai go over Ember Moon. All of a sudden, the NXT women's division is right back in there to have a whole lot of things to really look at and look forward to. So my storyline to, to pay attention to is just keep watching those NXT women. How about Candice LeRae with the Stone Cold tribute? Running over mm. Shotzi's car. Yes. I actually <laughs> loved it. Shotzi's response, I, I'm still laughing about yep. honestly. Uh, real quickly funny. before we get to who won the week, we did not mention the Raw World title picture, which I actually think that is a storyline you need to pay attention to. The, I gotta say, like, they've got three, four guys in basically the title picture right now. And I have absolutely no idea where they're going. And that's kudos to WWE. Uh, and this is getting into the what show won the week. We're all obviously did not win the week, but it was a lot better. Like it had was. a lot better. Yes. It's been a lot better since they made the draft. And I, I said, when they did it, I really like the fact they put the fiend on there. Uh, because he's somebody can take up two segments every single week. So that's, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of your show gone right there. You, you know, you know, you got less time to fill. And I love the way they're booking Drew uh, McIntyre. Like it shows if you did not think, or if you thought that he dropped the title because maybe they had lost favor or faith in him, this is proving oh, that no. they know what they're doing. They just didn't want it to get stale. And they knew it was going to. It's going to be hard not to even for Roman Reigns right now because you look at Moxley, you look at everybody who's been champion during this reign. It gets, it, it just gets difficult. It does because there's no fans. It's just, it's very monotonous. So I, I just wanted to bring that up because, and and I'm, I hope they give Miz at least another title run uh, because if yes, they gave him the briefcase, it's going to be really disappointing if they don't let him, you know, actually cash in. I am a hundred percent with you. The Miz with all of the work that he's put in over the last few years. Um, I just start to think back when we first started this, when, you know, I would talk about how the Miz was one of those people who helped bring the prestige back to the intercontinental title. All of this fantastic work that he's done um, throughout not only that time, but up to now, the Miz deserves another title reign. I don't care if you hot shot it off of him, you know, two weeks, a month later, I hope they don't, you know, I hope he gets a couple of months and, you know, but the Miz definitely deserves uh, to get a piece of that strap for a little bit. And just to feed in on that, one of the best qualities of the like the the Attitude Era Raws was where you had feuds that all sort of tied together and, and would run through the show. And I think that you're getting that where you have the Miz. It's like an Aaron Sorkin on. script. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I like this. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, sorry. I, <laughs> no, I'm an elephant. I set you up there. I remember us discussing this. Like, I got you, Blake. But, but the um, in terms of the 
the like you so you have the feud where you also have Miz cashing in but you have the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross storyline that branches out of the feuds aspect of that Fiend's aspect of that I just think that it's really good better you know if you had told me you know three months ago two months ago that Raw was gonna be doing this well with a storyline that was branching like this I was like oh like I guess we're gonna be really uh optimistic here boys but yeah I think it's been I mean it's it's still hard I think that what we're seeing is a a, pay, a a phase I could see not to be too optimistic. I think that there needs to be something that happens, but I think that we're in a phase like we were in 97 or 90, no, let me go back, 95 in before the NWO where we're getting close to something like it's building. We're not quite there. It hasn't exploded, but it's building and that's important. All right. What show won the week, Rano? Um, it's really hard to go against SmackDown um, when you look at it from top to bottom uh, with all the action and storylines that they put out there. Um, these days, it's really hard to go against SmackDown. Um, you know, I know uh, Wednesday night put up a pair of really great shows last week, but right now we're going back to the norm and Friday night is still ruling the day. Sam? I, just to be different... I'm going to go with NXT just because I thought that they did a really good job of moving a lot along. Um, and I nothing made me laugh as hard as Shotzi Stan getting destroyed. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it, you know, it, it very easily could have been SmackDown. I, the SmackDown was, you know, that close. Yeah. When you have Jey Uso, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns in the main event, like, again, this is where I tell people, no offense to AEW, I've really enjoyed it. I'm going to continue to, but they don't have that star power. And it's like, there's a difference. Like, there is. I hope eventually, because I think Omega and some of those guys in there can be big enough stars once enough people know who they are and get the attention. But there's also that it factor, which it's like, I mean, you know, Daniel Bryan's one of the few guys ever to not really have you look at him and be like, this guy's got the it factor. And I mean, as we've seen, he definitely does. You look at Roman Reigns, you can go, okay, this guy's a, you know, a traditional WWE, WWF star. So, uh, but again, I I thought all four shows were good this week. Raw made a big step forward. uh, And then the other three shows were really, really good. So um before we get out of here ron you got anything you want to plug uh my usual um harvestcreditors.com uh official Ronald tinsley on instagram Ronald tinsley on facebook uh you have any problems uh on your credit report you just want to get that credit score higher uh hit me up um mention the team turnbuckle podcast and save a hundred dollars on starting your credit repair services, including the ability to write your living will, trust and power of attorney. Um, While I'm at it, um, I don't know if we uh, hit it in the beginning because I didn't quite make it in time. Um, I also wanna plug the um, IB All-Star, you know, that five bucks is really worth it. Um, Get access to all of, uh, you know, our great content. Um, Please join the IB Sports Group. really rooting for you and uh joe i haven't uh, listened to this week's uh daily podcast but looking forward to it to uh before i hit those final edits on my uh fantasy football lineup 
Yeah, we're hoping to have a better week than we did uh, last week, which was our first kind of not great one uh, in the last uh, month. Man, you guys had six, seven hot weeks. I mean. <laughs> oh, no, we're trust me. We're coming back. Don't We're not worried about that. But we, we definitely uh, we did kind of drop the ball this week. We will get it going. Uh, Samuel, who are you going to uh, promote? Or plug? Uh, I'm going to plug uh, my Twitter account, show610. Uh, I'm going to plug the Team Turnbuckle Twitter account. Uh, I'm also going to plug the Facebook group, Team Turnbuckle. Um, I'm also going to plug Steel Ring Post, the Turnbuckle group, and uh, the Facebook group, and the uh, website. That's where a lot of the With Spandex orphans have gone. Uh, the Discord server is really great. I'll throw it out the next time that there's a pay-per-view or WWE event, whatever we want to call it. Um, but yeah, there it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. A lot of great people. And I'm just going to, again, plug the IB Sports Network just this week. You've had uh, Alan doing uh, some college football. Uh, RC did a uh, political one last week. Alan, I think, also did a nonpartisan one, which was actually really which I, good. I listened to RC's, uh, which was really good, actually. The, the guys have been doing great work. Obviously, you get this podcast. You usually record on Thursday, me and Joe, and the weekly Daily Fantasy Football podcast. That went up early this morning. Uh, it's usually out either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. But again, we, we, we shared on the group recently. Uh, it, it's, you know, no skin off of us if you listen. You know, we would love it if you do, and it's entertaining to you. But if not, with the size of the group, we would appreciate if you'd share it especially like if you know any wrestling fans, tell them about Team Turnbuckle podcast. If you know friends that are into fantasy football, tell them about the you know fantasy football podcast. If it's, you know, they're into college football, tell them about the college football podcast and share it with them because that's, you know, a way to Hashtag support Team the brand. Gen. That's right. Hashtag Team Ginger. And me and uh, Alan will be doing a podcast either Monday or Tuesday previewing the Masters, which starts next Thursday. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm taking Tiger Woods. So Alan's going to call me a fanboy. That's okay. It's all right. It, you know, it is what it is. Um, but definitely great to talk to both of you guys. Um, hopefully we will have a new president at some point in 2020. Uh, but the uh, count them votes or either don't count them, depending on if you look at Donald <laughs> Trump's Twitter, uh, one hour to the next, he can't make up his mind. Uh, which is just, I think it says a lot. So, but I, I really did uh, enjoy it, guys. And this has been another edition of the Team Turnbuckle podcast. Uh, you guys maybe want to get together Sunday or Monday and try to do a review of the AEW? Sure. Uh, yeah, I would love. I would love to. Um, Monday, okay. Monday night would probably be a good night. So we're gonna try to then Monday record the AEW uh, review of the pay per view Saturday. So we'll actually try to do two podcasts next week. But until then, this has been the Team Turnbuckle podcast. So for Chief Keith, Ravishing Ron L, and <laughs> Shooter Samuel Howe, uh, we'll see you guys soon. Take care.